0: pleasure for me uh, to preach, to share the Word of God with you guys. Uh, uh, thank you to my father-in-law for entrusting me that. Um, I, I got to tell you, I, this is a time of the year where I really miss my church family back home. But this year, you know, I don't want to say I haven't missed them. It's just you guys have made me feel so welcome that, you know, uh, this is my my home church in the states. So, you know, I'm not, don't see me as a visitor. If you haven't if you haven't met me before, I'm a member here too. Just so you know. So, yeah. Um, when we when we had the 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 Christmas night service, a lady up here was singing uh, Silent Night, and she sang that in Spanish, and it was just like. Man, this lady's trying to get me to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for, for making me feel home. Um, I, I want to I wanna encourage you this morning. I also want to challenge you. I'm, I'm a challenger. That's, that's what I'm known for back home. Um, the message today that I want to share with you is called turn around. Um, if you are starting this year you know, um, and you are not Christian, <laughs> this message is for you. You know, it's time for you to turn your life around. If you're a Christian and there are, there are little things of your life that you haven't been able to surrender to Christ, it's time for you to turn around. Um, I want to start this morning by asking you, from 2018, what was your biggest regret? Think about those things that you regret from 2018. You think about every year, everybody has new goals uh, set in mind for the things that they're going to do different, or the things that they're going to start doing in this new year. And, you know, I'll read you a little, some, some of the biggest regrets that people have over the years about their past. Some of them say, not saying I love you, not spending time with family, not applying for that job, not inviting that girl out. Nah, 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 the common word is no. So this morning I ask you, what are we going to do different now? Um, my father-in-law was saying that I'm retiring for, from Christian rap. Um, <laughs> Musicians never retire, if you play any instruments you know that, but something that I regret from my past, my dad when I was a little, when I was a kid, he always wanted me to take English class and I'm very thankful for that. Um, He wanted me to take piano lessons. Uh, I learned a little bit of piano, and not nearly as good as Trudy, you know, not even close. Like, if Trudy's here, I'm probably down here, but I kind of like do a little little bit of that. I always regret not learning playing the guitar. Uh, I was just too lazy to learn the guitar, I don't know. I always admire people that can play the guitar. So, you know. Uh, Doug was sharing about me buying ukulele, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, for this year, <clears throat> I want a new year resolution. I want to turn some things around. And from my experience in the, in the past, there are some things that I have, some resolutions that I have had, I don't know if I said that right, but that, that, that I haven't completed. So this year, there is, there is a lot of goals that I have and there are three of them that I made public in my social media. And the reason why I made them public is because I want people to keep me accountable and help me get them through. Just like what God wants us to do in the body of Christ, you know, to keep that community so people keep you accountable and you can move forward. You know, when you want to turn around and you do make that turn, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to be like, but you're gonna have friends going, eh eh, 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 this way. So I say, I'm gonna share it with you this morning. You know, one of them was I wanna to learn to play the ukulele. Um, first thing that I had to do was buy a ukulele. Uh, the second thing that I had to do was find the tutorials on YouTube <laughs> to, to learn how to play the ukulele. The second thing uh, that I say uh, I started writing a book, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep writing that book. People didn't even know that I was writing a book, and now they're like, oh! So the, the more people ask me, that's gonna remind me I have to write that book. And the third thing, um, I just got surgery four months ago on my knee, and it's been a really real, a big struggle, you know, to see kids playing basketball here and me being kind of like, you know. So I want to be able to, you know, get better. But in order for me to do those things, I have to start doing something that I was not doing before. I had to start working out more for my legs so they can get better, they can get stronger. I got to start practicing, watching this guy that I've never seen in my life before, or how to do these little things so I can get better. And I got to do a lot of this, which I'm not good at. I had to do different things. This morning, I want to share with you a story of a guy in the Bible that once he met Jesus, he had to learn to turn his life around and started doing different things. Different. Luke chapter five, verse two, says he saw at the water, at the water's edge, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we work we work hard all night and haven't cut anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Simon was an expert fisherman. You know, the, the, there was always people fishing with Simon. If I, if I want to become a fisherman and I go to the beach, I'm going to hang out with the people that I see catching fish so I can learn. So if he had people around him, he was... Beca- meant that he was good at it. He was was good at that. He could easily say, tell Jesus, you know what, Jesus? You can stay teaching. You teach. I fish. Or in good American slang, you can stay in your lane. I'll do my thing. He could say that. But instead, he decided to obey and when you obey you don't necessarily do what you want to do when you obey you don't necessarily do what you've been doing you do what God tells you to do so he had to make that turn around that shift just by obedience but the cool part of that story you guys seen it in the movies in in the Bible, you know, they, they, they caught so many fish that they had to fill two boats. And they were sinking because there was a lot of fish. Once he obeyed, he got rewarded by a miracle. I like to say that Jesus borrowed, needed a pulpit in the water, and he borrowed Simon's boat as a pulpit. And he was done preaching, and was like, you know what? This guy was, he was good. He, he let me borrow that pulpit. Let me, let me bless him. Because that's what Jesus does. But he had to obey. And he saw the results. I don't know, the the fish filled two boats and it was a miracle catch. Many of us have, have launched our nets in different areas. Year after year, and sometimes it seems like it doesn't work. Well, this year, it can be different. If Peter will be here today, he will tell us. With Jesus, things can be different. Many of us have set goals for ourselves, and we have worked hard, and they have not worked. But my question is was Jesus with you in your boat? Let this year be a year that you do what Jesus says. You do not need an explanation. Just do what he says. It's easy to say it, but we got to do it. That's just, that's just the way it is. I know people who have said to Jesus, because you say so, I will be a missionary. Um, we have actually a lot of missionaries uh, in this room. Um, I know Diane, there are times where she probably wants to visit her family that lives in another state. Instead, she decides to go to Jamaica because she believes what God is doing there. You know, it's not the popular thing to do, but because Jesus says so, because you say so, I'm gonna go. I was hearing stories from uh, Richard Richard and Tessa's uh, daughter it's just crazy the kind of trials that they go in Basnia. Is it Basnia? It's a, it's a weird country up there. You guys know. But it's like the popular thing to do is for that girl to be here with her family. Because Jesus says so. She's up there. I married one of them too. <laughs> you know. Mine didn't didn't want to run away from apple buffalo wild wings, hot showers. But because Jesus said so, she did. In the first service, I was sharing about <laughs> a lady called Dolores. <clears throat> she works with us in the clinic. She's over, over 70 years old. She's a retired nurse from Illinois. If you meet Dolores, your day will be blessed. She's awesome. Um, she, she blesses every, everybody, everybody who she meets. And, you know, I, I got to see her five months ago. Her son visited her with his family. And they were like, they had the, the, uh, their two kids. So she had her grandkids there. And I could see how happy she was. She was there with the, the song and the grandkids for a week, and she was so happy, and we were all so happy for her because we know what she represents for the kingdom in Dominican. We know what she represents for my community in the clinic, blessing people with her gifts. But the normal, the popular thing for her to do, what will it be? To be home in the States with her where her her grandkids, close to her grandkids. But because Jesus says so, she's a missionary. I know I met several guys in prison. Um, I wasn't in prison, uh, I wasn't locked up, but we have a prison ministry. <clears throat> and this guy from our church, this soldier from our church, started a small group. And that small group of, of inmates grew, and they are divided. They are divided by like apartments, and every apartment has like 45 inmates. Well, all these people in their small group, they were all from one apartment. So that means there were 11 other apartments in the prison that didn't have anybody Christian. And what they did, some of those guys say, you know what? God is calling me to be a missionary here in prison. Like... In prison, they say that they have to be together. They have to keep their hub, like they know who... They take care of each other, their family. But some of those guys say, you know what, because Jesus says so, I'm going to go to a different apartment so I can lead a Bible study up there. And they can know Jesus. What are the things that God is calling us to do? I know people that have said, because Jesus says so, I will leave my boyfriend, who I plan to marry, but he's not a believer. He doesn't seem to be walking towards Jesus, so Jesus says so this, I'm going to do this. Because Jesus says so, my girlfriend and I will stop living together. I have a close friend this past year that had a tough conversation with me. He just became Christian, and he was convicted. He's like, man, I want to follow Christ, and I know this is what I have to do. Jesus said so, so I'm, we are going to stop living together. And we're going to do things right and try to get married. That's tough. Because it's not popular with what the world is telling us to do. Other people have said, because Jesus says so, my I will stay with my husband even though he's mistreating me. That's a lady in my church. <laughs> Her husband is a, what we call, what mom calls a tough cookie. And she has decided to stay with him. She believes that God is going to restore him because that's what God does. And she has seen God doing it with other ladies at the church. So she has faith. Because she has seen the power of God working in other ladies from our church. So she's like, that same power that works on her can work with my husband too. Because Jesus says so. These are difficult things that we don't want to make, but God has the best for us when we trust him. Let's put that into practice today. You know, like, think about I don't trust God with my finances. But because you say so, I will. You know, that's, that's a tough one for a lot of people that want to be Christians and they want to, I surrender all. And they grab their wallet and put it on their side like, I work for this. I surrender. You have to surrender all. <laughs> because you say so. Because you say so, I don't want to forgive that person who hurt me. But because you say so, I will. He doesn't deserve my forgiveness. He did that. I don't care. I don't need to understand. But because you say so, I will. I do not want to confess my sin. I'm ashamed. I don't want anybody to find out. But because you say so, I will. Let's practice that word. Let's let's say it with me. Because you say so. Let's try that again. Because you say so. Okay, so let's try this with the husbands now. Listen to this well. I do not like to put my wife's needs above mine, but let's try that again. (laughs) I'm trying to help you, okay? I do not like to put my wife's needs above mine, but because you say, so I will. It's not the popular thing, especially in Dominican, where a, 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 for us, you know, it's, a, it's what they call a, like a machismo country, you know, but that's not what the Bible tells me, the whole machismo thing. That's an earthly thing. I, lead, I need to live as, as, as a heavenly thing. As we do, in, as it's done in heaven, we need to do it here. Now the wives, you're not going to leave this place without, you know. <laughs> I do not like to respect my husband, but... Let's try it again. Let's try it again. This is what the, is what the Bible said. I do not like to respect my husband, but because you say so, I will. I don't want to put anybody here in any awkward spot, any awkward position. This is just things that I want, I want us as a church to understand, as brothers and sisters to understand. In social media, on TV, on the radio, everything that the world is telling us to do is not... is not aligned with what the Bible tells us to do. So we have to remind ourselves all the time, what is the Bible telling me to do? You know, like what does God want me to do? I have a lot of friends that don't understand why sometimes I can't go to the baseball game because I had to watch Troy. Because they're like, oh, wives do that. I'm like, yeah, but that's your wife, not my wife. Oh, gee, man, you. You do what you do, man. I want to do what God wants me to do. Does it make me popular with some of those friends? No. I don't care. I'm here to try to please my Heavenly Father, even though that might not be popular. When Peter saw the miracle, you know, after he obeyed and everything happened, he got all these fish. In verse 8, it says, Seeing this, Simon Peter fell on his knees before Jesus and said, Get away from me, Lord. I am a sinner. So think about that. This guy, you know, is fishing. He doesn't catch anything. And then he sees the master preaching. You know, he's probably heard this guy is the Messiah, son of God. You know, and then the Messiah decides to do a miracle with. His fish that he couldn't catch. And he's now blessed. And he's like, oh my goodness. Like, I'm so blessed to be here. You know, I'm blessed to be in his presence. Forgive me. So I'm a sinner. First thing that we have to see about that is that his repentance and confession opened a better future for him. He realized that Jesus did something that he could not do. When we repent and confess... It is a way to give God our broken parts for him to repair. I, I, I want to tell you a story about my, my friend friend's name Samuel. Samuel is an electrician in the Dominican. And I believe there is nothing in this world that Samuel cannot fit. And the best thing is that Samuel fits everything for less than 10 bucks. So there is a lot of things that I... Like, you know, as I drive around here in the, in the states, it doesn't matter what state I am, you know, I will often see like a full computer by the trash can. I was like, oh man. <laughs> and I see a lot of electrical things that people throw away, and I understand it's because it just takes a lot of money to fix them. You just better buy a new one in Best Buy. But in DR, you have a guy like Samuel, all your problems are fixed. Less than 10 bucks. And, you know, everything that I have in my house that has broken up, I just take it to him and he fits it. Um, there is like toys from Troy that he has broken, I take him to him, he fits it. You know Everything that AC or whatever, he will fix it. But there is one thing that he was not able to fix. Every time that I bring stuff to him, he made sure that when I bring those equipments to him, he made sure that I have every piece in there. If there is one missing piece of whatever equipment it is, it makes it hard for him to fix it. And he might get it to like get the lights working or whatever, but it's going to be dysfunctional. It's not going to work as it was supposed to work. With us, it's the same thing. You know, God wants us to turn our lives around. And, you know, unfortunately I have some friends back home that play the Christian life. They are Christians. But there is a lot of pieces in their lives that they they just keep in the back of the truck. It's like, I'm not ready to surrender this. God is not going to bless you. God is not going to transform you. God is not going to bless the people around you. If you don't bring to him all your broken pieces. It's not the popular thing to do. It's the God thing to do. Because when you bring. When you want to bring those broken pieces to him. You know there's like these questions of like. Man people are going to find out about my failures. People are going to find out that I'm doing this wrong. Doing that. You know the devil is going to whisper all these things to you. But you just got to give it all to God. And he's going to make a difference. He's going to redeem, renew, and restore your life. After the confession that Peter made, saying, get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinner. i like to say that Jesus probably thought, man, this guy, this is the kind of guy that I want around me. I want him to be my disciple. In verse 10, he says, do not fear. From now on, you will be a fisher of men. Jesus said to Simon, so they took the boats to land, and leaving everything... Follow Jesus. So I want you to think about this. He says, they took their boats to land and leaving everything, you know, leaving the, the boats, the nets, uh, the fish, <laughs> leaving everything, they followed Jesus. That's tough. <laughs> you know, these guys, that's, that's their living. And they... To make that turn around, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Later on in the life of Peter, you know, it's crazy to see what he had to do and what he did to follow Jesus. I want to say that, you know, just like us at this time of the year, we have like New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to want, I want to do this. I want to accomplish that. Jesus probably said this, was thinking the same thing and he said to Jesus uh, in Matthew 26, 33, Peter said to him, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. You know what that means in IG's translation? If everybody betrays you, don't worry. I'll be there. I won't. I won't betray you. I'll be with there. I'll be there with you. And you know what happens right after that? Da-da-da-da. Sorry, I can't translate that. I don't know how the Americans... I don't know how the American roosters do their thing, but, you know, that's the Spanish one. Three times. Not one, not twice. Three times, he denies Jesus. In John 21, the story of Peter continues. You know, he did all these things and... You know, in the in the past we have heard that he left the boats, he left the nets, and he just followed Jesus. And yes, now you know Jesus has been crucified. Part of it because you know he denied him three times. Jesus is crucified, he feels guilt. He's like, Man, my new year's resolution didn't work. Now, now what do I do? So in John 20 21. 14 says, after a night without fishing, you know, meaning that Peter, you know, he was a fisher of men, but he just left that and went back to fishing fish. You know, after a long night, after a night without fishing, a man from the shore tells him to throw his nets on the other side of the boat. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of God, son of Jonah, do you love me more than him, more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lamb. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, take my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lamb. Before they got to see Jesus, you know, the first verses of John 21 talks about how they were fishing and they were not catching anything again and they saw this guy from shore saying hey throw your nets on the other side and they're like Huh, oh, sure they did they caught all these fish and as soon as they did that they see this other miracle with all the fish that they caught nobody had to tell Peter who that guy was he knew it was Jesus. But he had to do things different than what he has been doing in the past. He had to, again, obey what Jesus said. Without caring about his past experience, and I know this, I know that, he just not had to do what Jesus wanted him to do in order for him to succeed. The crazy funny uh, thing about this, this chapter for me is that I ask myself <clears throat> why, I wonder why Jesus had to ask Peter three times, do you love me? Was Peter deaf? You know, like why, why wasn't it just like, hey Peter, do you love me? Yes, okay, cool. It was three times. You remember how many times Peter denied Jesus? It was three times. There is a funny connection that happened with that, but, but with Jesus, there is no coincidences. You know, I think Jesus wanted to teach him a lesson. And I, that's, the, that, that's, that's the lesson that I think we need to learn this morning. Many times we have said we're going to do things different with Christ. We're going to do things, do things different in our, in our lives for Him. And in the past, it hasn't worked. So we get discouraged. This year, it doesn't have to be the same. This year, it can be different. Peter obeyed and saw another miracle. He knew it was Jesus because He's always there. In other words, you know, he fell three times by denying Jesus, and three times Jesus said, Do you love me? Come feed my sheep. I made you, you know, a fisher man. So leave that behind and just come do as you've been told. After that experience right there, we saw the first sermon of the gospel preaching Acts 2. And more than 3,000 people came to Christ. And we keep hearing about all these wonderful things that Peter did for Jesus, for the kingdom. All the teachings that we've been learning from Peter, from a guy that denied Jesus. What does that tell me today? Your failures do not determine your future. This time doesn't have to happen the same as the last time. And most important of all, there is nothing that he cannot repair, but he needs all your pieces. Nothing that cannot be replaced. Nothing that can be repaired, but he needs all of our pieces. I don't want to leave this pulpit this morning without, you know, making an invitation and say, you know, I don't know if there is people here that are still haven't come to Christ yet. I want to tell you that here we like to keep water all the time. I love this church for that. I love every church that has a baptistry street right there because what the Bible says is repent and be baptized, and you're gonna be safe. So it's like it doesn't matter what other uh, people in the world tell you. That's what God says. So, if you want to turn your life around and start on the right track, start with God in your side. Make sure that Jesus is in the boat with you so things can be different. And if you are a Christian like me that grew up in church, being a Christian for a long time, and there are little hidden parts of you that you still haven't surrendered. May you sing that in your heart and say, Jesus, I surrender all. I give it all to you. I want to start a different path this year. I want to make sure that people that are around me are blessed by my presence. Not because of what I represent, not because of what I do, but because they somehow can see your light shining in my life. Let's stand up and let me pray for you.